Welcome to the Meltzone Podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Stefan. And we are on our way back to the airport from Murph 2019. Holy shit, and what a Murph it's been. It's been crazy. So, we actually, we actually uh, thought that it might be a good idea to use our three-hour drive back to the airport in Chicago to just talk about what we have seen and what our, yeah, g general, uh, how do you say? Impressions. How our impressions yeah. were of the event. So it's Monday morning now. Murph ended yesterday at like uh, in the afternoon around four. It's been yeah, so well, really people start packing up around noon yeah. um, because the first guys have to fly out. And Sunday was actually okay yeah. uh, when it comes to the crowd. Saturday was crazy. Like if you'd seen the video on the walk around, that was like the, the nicest it's been all Saturday. Yeah, people were out, out at the uh, open RC race. But man, yeah, but yeah. Stefan, how, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Well, I'm I'm feeling better now, but um, well, since we arrived like Friday in the afternoon, it was really hard for me. So we had oh, been yeah. up for like 24 hours. I'm really bad on sleep deprivation, so we ended up being there something around like 10 o'clock at night. But uh, I was let's, let's not do that again next year. Let's let's just flying a day earlier yeah we need to uh, it, it would be great to just have one day of relaxing a little bit and getting used to the to the other time zone but yeah otherwise it was it was crazy so usually you have been there last year yeah usually once first time yeah I, I was just as flashed uh, as, as I'm this year yeah so usually Friday is just for like uh, well people getting their stuff there and just yeah putting everything on the tables yeah. it's it's not an official day of Merv uh, it is it is actually so Friday like the evening there's it's like from 5 p.m. or something officially it, it does start on the event but it's like you know you get together you can see people apparently Joel actually got the majority of his filming done on Friday uh, that so was probably a good thing. That was a really smart move of him. So I, I helped you out filming some of the interviews yeah, on, on Saturday. And my main task was just like standing around of the tripod that nobody yeah. trips it over. But it was crazy, so... Uh, yeah, but but, but you, you, were, you were reluctant to go at first. You were like, ah, yeah, it's really, going to be stressful. And, yeah, it's going to be stressful. You, you seemed to be enjoying yourself, too. I was enjoying myself so much. Yeah, I, I was... I wasn't really sure at first if it is a good thing for me to go there. Just the amount of stress, being there just for a week and doing all of the traveling uh, and things like that. But yeah, after the two days now, I enjoyed it so much. It was so nice to see what, what people made there and showed yeah. up there. And even even more impressive for me was just like interacting with the community, meeting people um, I have just known from the internet. <laughs> yeah, because if, if you're just on Twitter or YouTube comment section, you have you maybe don't even have the names of people. You have nicknames. You, yeah. you don't get a face. Yeah. You don't. You don't realize how you know enthusiastically how much people care about the yeah. stuff they're, they're talking about. Yeah. And the cool thing was that, well, you you feel kind of like being a nerd, and I was yeah. always it's always the thing. Ah, oh, talking to other people about the things I usually do. Um, I feel kind of weird because I do. Kind of things, things which are not that common under my friends, at least. But being yeah. there, everybody is kind of a nerd. Every everyone Absolutely. really, really appreciates what you're doing, and yeah. that's just so cool. And I mean, we we've talked about this, or everyone's been talking about this uh, last year, and you know, in, in Murph in general, like it's in the middle of nowhere. Like it, you have a three-hour drive from every major city. Uh, yeah. Goshen, Indiana, is like. I th it's it's a huge event for them. Like all the hotels, are like hey, welcome 3D printing convention uh, <laughs> uh, guests and all that. It's you know everyone who is there wants to be there. If, well, except for the few people that are local, but everyone <laughs> took a trip and, and and took the effort to get here and, and they want to be here. It's not like at a trade show where you know someone makes you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really great, you know, just spirit and. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see where they take it next year because it's outgrowing itself. Um, so well, if, if you guys have been watching um, Tom's walk around video, which he did on Saturday, you yeah. know how crowded it was. Oh, and yeah. he just like plowed through the masses because, uh, yeah, you, you were barely able to just walk from desk to desk because everything was crowded. Yeah, they had two halls this year and hall one was crazy, hall two you couldn't even get through. Like you saw in the video, like there were like three lanes you could take through and only one of them was kind of open. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I mean, they were talking like the fire department probably wasn't happy about it being so crowded. Um, there apparently was some fire even, uh, somebody's open RC um, ESC, the speed control burned yeah. up and you could smell that, so <laughs> a close call and also Anit had a booth, so <laughs> and I'm surprised those guys were let in, but yeah, jokes aside, um, it, it's going to be interesting, so there are talks about whether it's going to have to be whether it's going to have to be earlier or later because the um, state fairgrounds that we're at um, also have like cattle auctions and all that going on at the same time so like the two buildings Murph had this year that's like the max they're, they're gonna get um, so either move to a different location or do a different times time frame or something but yeah um, but we talked to the people in the hotel this morning um, so if you would like shift the event event a couple of weeks later um, this is more becoming the, the, the busy time also of that city so hotel prices will rise and right. that is something well which is not that positive for the event itself um, so yeah. well, Goshen is not an expensive city it's not an expensive yeah. city and I was quite happy by the amount of money we paid for for the motel um, uh, uh, <laughs> you weren't happy with your room no, I was, I'd rather pay 20 bucks more and get something a bit nicer maybe not a motel fan in general yeah well, plus the, the trains you know that, that, that's the one thing you don't realize like there's a train line uh, going through town and every train haunts while they go through so like every 30 minutes at night you just hear the <laughs> and it's it's you know, a couple hundred feet from the hotel. Yeah, I was sleeping with earplugs. I did yeah. totally fine. But not everybody really is happy about sleeping with earplugs. No, I can't do that. Uh, so what, what did you see? What did we see at the event? Um, I, I actually kind of have the feeling that I still wasn't, even though being there for like two and a half days, I wasn't really able to see everything. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like it's, there were so we probably many, missed more things than we saw. Yeah, definitely. Because you always need to take some time talking to the people at their desk. Everybody's really making interesting stuff right there. Um, and, but, and everyone who's showing off stuff, there, there's more than more to it than you see on the surface. For example, uh, Martha, uh, the uh, 3DP Iceland guy, uh, doing yeah. his. Uh, you know, you walk up to the booth, you're like, okay, he's got you know 20 uh, satellite images that he printed, or 3D satellite reliefs. What it's called? Topological map yeah. maps, height maps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's hand painted them. It's like, oh, cool. That's that's what you're into. Like, no, no, no. He is the only guy who has a good map of Iceland because apparently that's not a thing. And he goes out and then flies his drone and creates photogrammetry maps out of uh, the imagery he gets. And then that map that it gets used to, to search and rescue uh, lost tourists or, or people who are out hiking and, and saving their lives. Like, you know, there's this much you see when you actually see the booth, and then there's this whole other story and in the background sit when you actually get talking to mm -hmm. people. And that's, you know, it makes you realize, like, even if, if things seem insignificant at first, if you, you might look at it and brush it off, everyone has more of a story to it. Yeah, definitely. And well, I have never been to Maker Fair before. I've only been to like TCT shows, and on TCT shows yeah, like you have no well companies there showing off their stuff. And yeah, all right, they also have interesting things, but they're there for for selling their stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, it's. Um, at Murph, also some some companies were there showing off their products, and that's totally fine. Yeah, of course, sponsors. They make Spon the event happen. Yeah, right? they make the event happen. Thank you to Kusha 3D for sponsoring my trip to Murph 2019. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, but they were in the minority, so like I yeah. guess like three quarters of the tables were just uh, like occupied by by, by hobbyists. Okay, yeah, you have you have the companies like taking the walls on the outside. 
They're like yeah. encircling all the hobbies. And then yeah. there's like three rows of table yeah. in, in the center where it's just people bringing printers, people bringing 3D printed Nerf guns. That, that's a big thing this year, apparently. <laughs> um, you know, just showing off projects. I mean, we, we, we talked about that too, where it's like, even at Maker Fairs, it, you saw that trend of, okay, like three years ago, the, the half of the Maker Fair was 3D printers. Uh, then it got a bit smaller and smaller. And you see that shift of, okay, people are just using 3D printers for them being a... I should put my hands on the wheel, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm upstairing with my leg here. Um, people were, were just using 3D printers for the sake of, of having a 3D printer, and that's fine. Like, it's it's quite the rabbit hole to go down, and it's, it's an amazing hobby, but we're seeing more of the just people accepting it as yet another tool. Like, it's, it's just like you have a cordless drill, or you have a, a set of files, or... You know, an airbrush, uh, airbrush gun. Um, the 3D printer is just another means of making things, and we we saw a lot of that at Murf this year too. And I think that that that's fantastic to see because it just means like we've made it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we. One of the bigger booths was uh, 3D Gloop, and you, you said you don't want to get into that, but. Um, <laughs> oh, hey guys, future Stefan here. I actually need to add some small correction right here. I unfortunately mixed up dichlormethane and methyl trichloride, so chloroform. 3D Gloop contains the first, so not chloroform. Though not the same, they are both pretty similar and pretty nasty. Use them with great care. I hope you can excuse that mistake. And now back to the show. So we were this, <laughs> we were actually discussing yesterday. So I'm I have seen Joel's video about using 3D Gloop, and I was talking to the 3D Gloop guys. Uh, how was he using it responsibly, or I don't I don't remember. Was if he, he doing it on his set? I don't know. Well, right. maybe let's get back into that later. <laughs> right. um, so pr uh, gluing 3D printed parts is something which yeah works with epoxies, works with super glues, but you still have a layer of glue in between of your parts and this is usually the weak point of your parts. Yeah. Um, you can glue ABS with, by dissolving it with acetone and then putting the parts together and then you get yeah. a real physical connection between the, uh, the yeah, plastic. It's welded, right? It's welded. Um, but with PLA, that's kind of difficult because PLA is only, deserve, uh, only dissolved in um, well, not, not so many solvents, let's put it that way. So, um, I also talked to the guys a little bit. I, re I think I really like the product, um, but we were discussing yesterday what they are actually using to dissolve the PLA. Yeah, uh, the thing is not a lot of stuff actually dissolves PVA clean. Yeah. There, there, there's a bunch of stuff that attacks it and gets it brittle and eats it up, but nothing that, that would dissolve it like acetone dissolves. So, ABS. if you go on the so, Wikipedia, yeah. where, Wikipedia page for polylactic acid uh, and yeah you just scroll through it and then you find that yeah chloroform is uh, dissolving the material and I tried to get my hands on chloroform in Germany nah it's not possible <laughs> also it's, a, it's, it's not something that I want to work with right it's it's you know it's not healthy it, it, it knocks you out if you breathe too much of it um, I guess the other one is, is THF if I'm not wrong or if I'm, if I'm correct on that tetrahydrofurane uh, and that's just as nasty like there's, there's no no like benefit to it so you actually looked up the the 3d glue uh, material data safety sheet safety sheet yeah and I was surprised to see that they are actually using um, chloroform for for uh, yeah for the 3d glue tool yeah uh, 20, 20 to 60 percent 20 to 60 that's not insignificant <laughs> Well, that's not the only thing they're using. They also have some elastomer thing in there yeah. to just help with uh, the welding process. Um, I don't really want to rant on the product, but um, I just really want to say that working with the with the glue itself, you really, really need to take some precautions. And yeah. you, in my opinion, you shouldn't use it inside of the house. Oh, absolutely not. Do yeah. it outside, stay away from the fumes, really stay away from the fumes because they can maybe potentially knock you out. And I wasn't really aware that they are using it. So. Yeah, also look into the legality of actually owning chloroform or importing chloroform because I know it's hard to get your hands on it in Germany and that, that there's a reason behind it. I mean, 
you can't just sell that stuff to like consumers. Yeah. Um, so. So I actually have uh, two bottles of uh, 3D Gloop with me in my luggage. <laughs> I'm interested to see if I am able to import it. Yeah, good, good thing this uh, this podcast goes live after we've made it back to Germany. <laughs> Ooh, pothole. <laughs> Uh, yeah, as, as I said, I, I don't, I really, really don't want to rant on the product. Yeah, um, sure. I we, think we it's a really, really good idea um, and I really want to work with it. But for me, it's just a good information that I don't use the product inside of the house because it really can yeah. be potentially harmful for me. And it's just a step up from acetone or yeah. even a couple of other uh, solvents that are commonly used for things like these. Always uh, use well-ventilated yeah. yes, yes, uh, yes. uh, rooms when you're working with solvents and things like these. They are not healthy and you don't want to have them in the house or breathe them potentially. Yeah, but some of them are nastier than others um, and usually like you, you're like, okay, you work with, with IPA, isopropyl alcohol or ethanol. Um, people are usually like, ah, that's fine. Acetone is also, I'm, I'm also like, okay, it's you know, if, you, if you're a bit careful, like, I'm, I'm comfortable working with that. Um, like, chloroform, MEK, which is also great for if you're dissolving ABS, for example. Those things are just, like, ah, they're, like, industrial-grade yeah. uh, solvents. But, yeah. Um, Enough of that. If it's, if it's a product that works <laughs> well, um, I'm sure there's an application for that. And, of course, in legality and, and safety uh, things. It's just something that you have to be aware of, like what you're using and, and what precautions you should take. Same with like SLA resin and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it, it's the same thing. Um, I still think if I'm sometimes watching YouTube videos of people just touching the bare resin and yeah. parts and things like yeah. these, this stuff is not healthy pay attention, use gloves, use well-ventilated areas. We've already been talking about that in, yeah, exactly. in a previous podcast that you feel that you're kind of allergic to, to, yeah, to the resins. Yeah, if, if you get too much exposure to epoxy resin or other resins, uh, by the way, if, if the, the audio just got better, we have like new pavement here. Yeah, it's so nice. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm reacting more to like resin fumes than you know I should so I don't know it, it, it's just something that resins do yeah. um, talking of resin how much how, how many resin printers do we actually see uh, uh, well I've seen the SL1 and a couple of one. people brought their SL1s with the, them the they were units, in the beta yeah. units um, and the print results are just impressive really really nice machines yeah. um, the Tivo, no, not the Tivo, the Anet booth, they were showing off a resin printer. I have seen that. Yeah. But to be honest, I haven't seen that many more. I could be wrong there. Maybe I forget something. Uh, but I don't know. Have you seen any others? Uh, well, I've, I've seen some here and there, but like that, that big push that people keep predicting, like resin is, is there and it's like better and it's more, more high detail. Yes, that's true, but it's still, it's more expensive and it's, well, materials wise. And it's just a pain to use, though, oh. even if you... Oh, yeah, I saw that. Too late, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still a pain to use, and maybe it's not the best machine to bring along because you have liquid sloshing around, or you have to really clean out your vat uh, if you want to transport it. So, yeah, the, the SL1 was really, like, the, the big one that we saw, and I did talk to, um, to Joseph about it. Apparently now they're finally starting to ship. <laughs> it's like the uh, the never-ending story with Prusa, like on-time shipping. Ah, well, need but to work on that. better ship out a product that is thoroughly tested than yeah. uh, shipping out, uh, yeah, products prematurely and then well, having to deal with customers that are not happy about their machines. And the SL1 is quite an expensive machine compared to like a one hot duplicator. Yeah, so or the machine any itself is like on, six, so. six, sixteen hundreds or sixteen hundred. Uh, twelve ninety nine pre order and fourteen or fifteen ninety nine is going to be the regular price for. Uh, hold on, I might I might be confusing price because there's a kit and there's an assembled one. Yeah. So I think that's twelve ninety nine and thirteen ninety nine for the kit, and then like fourteen ninety nine and fifteen ninety nine US uh, for the assembled unit. And then you can also get the, um, the set with a CW1 with the cleaning station. Yeah. And the, which I think is absolutely worth it because it's... The, the cleaning station is how yeah. much? 
Uh, I think if you buy it as a set, it's another two or three hundred bucks, and if you buy it separately, it's okay. like it's four, four or five yeah. ninety nine. So. And uh, well, the cleaning the CW one is not just the cleaning station, so it, yes. it has yes. a a container where you put IPA in and the magnetic stir bar. Um, Isopropyl alcohol, I, not not Indian pale ale. <laughs> IP what, IPA yeah IPA yeah sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the beer is strong. Uh, well, uh, anyways, um, so uh, yeah, the, the washing station has the stir bar uh, in there. It, it washes the res it washes the resin uh, from your part. But then you take um, this isopropyl IP container, IPA container from the machine, and uh, you can also use it as a curing station and. A curing station does not only mean that you have the UV LEDs in there, it also means that the chamber is heated and that's really important uh, for... Is, is, it, is it actually? I, I thought... I, well, I, no, no I think it's actively heated. It's actively heated. It's I, actively I thought it heated. had like just a few degrees that because there's like components in there that generate heat, it yeah. would just rise, but uh, okay. So depend, depending on the resin you're using, it's, it's um, a, definitely a good thing to um, cure your parts at elevated temperatures. If you, for example, take a look at the curing station that Formlabs is selling, um, a couple of the resins are actually cured at 80 degrees Celsius. Oh, wow. Okay. Because that just helps uh, with the polymerization. So, um, yeah, and so just, just to make it clear, like the parts you get out of your, um, out of your printer, um, they might be solid, like otherwise, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to pull them up. But they might be solid, but they're still not fully cured. Like there's still more curing to be done so that they're not tacky or develop their full strength, basically. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, on, on the price side, I mean, the Diesel yeah. one is pricey, but it also seems to be doing a few things that, you know, one Audi 7 doesn't do, like the tilting that, the, yeah. the, this, or, you know, rocking that. Yeah. Um, also has like an auto level feature for the, for the platform, which is not a, that big of a thing to implement. But yeah, um, if that, it's if it's like a good experience in combination with the CW one, I think it's it could be it could be a nice slot between like Formlabs and the, the super low end machines. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, w w what what else? So we have been talking about the the Prusa machine now, so company things. What also Im impressed me to see were a couple of like fully 3D printed 3D printers. Oh yeah, there was uh, some here last year. <laughs> there, there was one guy who just, uh, I think took the Mark III design and 3D printed all of the aluminum extrusions and, and everything yeah. and made his uh, 3D printed 3D printer. But there was one guy in the other building which was even more impressive. He 3D printed all of the linear rails. He 3D printed all of the um, the lead screws. He 3D printed the bearings themselves. He 3D printed even the bells that he was using. And this oh, machine was that. so impressive to see. And the print results looked really, really decent. He said he had some issues with the belt stretching a little bit because it's, um, it is... Hold on, we gotta not this exit. Uh, no, not this exit. Keep talking, keep talking. Yeah, keep talking. Uh, <laughs> um, it, he used um, T TPU for the belt, uh, so it's stretching a little bit. So he has kind of some problems with the resonances and yeah, a couple of other things which are connected to that. To that, but still, that was so nice to see. It is not the most practical application, to be honest, uh, because yeah, the, the the quality of the print. Uh, prints are not as good, but it just shows what you could potentially do with 3D printing. Yeah, I mean, for, for a few things, it does make sense to print them, like for belts, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, because there's no fibers in there that actually get it, uh, get the belt rigid, but yeah. it's a nice proof yeah. of concept, right? It, it's a nice proof of concept. And I talked to him a little bit, and he told me that I think he is, um, well, in his normal job, designing some, uh, well, special machinery. And uh, he then, well, used his knowledge there to create mechanisms directly 3D, well, directly 3D printable mechanisms. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm cruise control. <laughs> Hyundai cruise control set. Okay, working. 50. Um, 50, 50 well, well, yeah, it's 50 speed limit. Uh, so yeah, he had um, his linear rails. So the, how do you say, the sleds? On the linear rails, carriages, carriages yeah. uh, that he 3D prints, and they work 
very well the the lead screws themselves and different designs. He had this uh, these um, folding baskets that he designed and iterated on and things like these. It right. was totally impressive to see. And this is just one of the things which is so nice about Merv and uh, people are not just showing off their printers, they are showing off uh, their projects that are that they are doing with the machine. As you have just yeah, been, been exactly. telling in the beginning, they use now the machines as a tool to create stuff which is not possible with conventional manufacturing. Yeah. Um, open on C rays. Did you did you actually catch that? I uh, I catch. I caught it. Uh, I was there f like uh, two times for like 10, 15 minutes. It was really cold. <laughs> to oh, be yeah. honest, yeah, it was snowing. Uh, so. so I've seen a couple of the races, but I unfortunately missed the destruction derby. I did not know that there was a destruction derby in the end, and it's, I don't it's know. The I, second event. It, it would have made me really sad if I would have built an open RC not knowing that there's going to be a destruction you don't, derby. You yeah. don't have to enter in that. Okay, right. That's uh, that's voluntary. Okay, unless somebody runs into during a race and you just uh, so. Uh, get destroyed, but yeah. How many contests were actually there? Is it just? I think they were doing three laps each for um, uh, for the elimination process. Yeah, so I, I actually missed the race too because I was filming like the walk around um, as you mentioned. But we talked to Joel and Sean entered on it, right? Sean okay. almost won, or was it? Was Sean it? almost won. So somebody yeah. almost won. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, well, it was Alex from from uh, Protopass then. Alex? I think he did a pretty good job, and also right. Joel. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, uh, it was like twenty-four uh, contenders for you know the, the for the trophy for the first place. So it's always it's always a, a race between two, and whoever loses gets eliminated. And it's like a bracket system. So yeah, I don't know if it's three laps, but makes sense. Makes sense. And it's out in the cats and dogs uh, parlor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's basically a roof with a concrete base and no walls. So it's it's kind of drafty, it's kind of cold, but they had quite the crowd. It, it was really interesting to see because they had a couple of issues with the cars just being uh, having too much power and the the floor was too slippery. Yeah. So people who were really thinking about how can I get the most traction out of the tires with my open RC car. They, uh, they, they were the ones who, um, yeah. well, just performed way better. So if you guys thinking about joining the Open RC race next year, tires, tires. <laughs> yeah, um, because it's on a it's on a on a slick concrete pad. Yeah. Um, and last year, that I think that's how the destruction derby came along is because they had like the the cones filled with sand and people kept running them over, so there was sand over the, the, that slick concrete pad, and there was no rim. So like the only thing left to do was to to run into each other. You had no control over your cars, and apparently there was a bit of that this year too, where it was at least some you know dust or, or debris on the actual uh, concrete pad, and it's a difficult surface to drive on, right? It's not. Like you have an off-road race, you, you drive on, uh, you drive on loam or yeah. on dirt. Um, that's grippy. You have an indoors race on carpet. That's grippy too. But concrete is just like you know, you start sliding and it's all over. Mm -hmm. So that yeah, tire materials. There were some rules on actually using 3D printed parts only. Um, apparently, few people. Well, I'm not blaming anyone uh, if they want to use better tires. But the people or who. The guy who won um, was actually using fully 3D printed yeah. parts for the tires as well. So, so I mean, if, if you've ever impressive. been working with uh, different types of like flexible filaments, yeah. some of them come out really slippery, and other ones really feel like rubber, this grippy rubber thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, if you want to 3D print it, if you want to have that, one, especially 1.75, want to push it through a thin hole, through an extruder, through a hot, and yeah. you want it to be slick because any any friction there, especially with the flexible, right? Yeah. Um, it's just going to make your life a lot harder. So, yeah, there are a few materials that work, or would work well for that, I think. Uh, I think some, something like the REC rubber, um, which is a really... It's almost like a tire component. I think it's made yeah. for that. Um, <laughs> Just put some PVA glue on, on your tires before the start. Yeah, what is it? The, the contact cement, apparently. That, that also works well as like a drag race uh, tire yeah. coat. Or, yeah, just something which is not that slippery. 
that was it was really interesting to see and there was a huge crowd yeah gathered yeah. there so people were really really enjoying it um, well during that time um, the it, it calmed down a little bit you really use use the time to do, uh, to do your walk around yeah um, I tried to do it as a live stream first um, with just the phone and there was supposed to be a media and a television Wi-Fi you know even but you know it's all going through the same connection and they had some trouble with the Wi-Fi and there's not enough access points and there's too many people so if you were in the stream thank you but it just you know live streaming does not work unless you have like a static setup and, and they're just happy if it cuts out every now and then but do you actually know how many people were attending MRF this year? Yeah, so <laughs> too many, um, but uh, I'm, I'm happy that so many people came. So they sold 1,800 tickets uh, or badges, basically. That's that's how many they had, uh, and there was two months before the event started. Um, like they were already sold out on, on that front. So 1,800 people, and, and I think if you have a ticket, you show up, pretty much. 1800 people registered and then of course you know it's a free event it's it's sponsor uh, sponsored sponsored by the companies attending so you could still walk in without a badge and, and you know no big deal and I hear they didn't keep count but if I'd had to guess and I, again we, 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 we guesstimated with Joel too uh, we'd say like 3500 people okay probably were there so quite the crowd Quite the crowd. Yeah. So yeah, Saturday was the busy day. Sunday morning, I guess some were still kind of hungover. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it was really relaxed Sunday morning, and I think you also yeah took the opportunity to oh, yeah. uh, film a couple of more interviews. Sunday morning was fantastic. Um, unfortunately, well, people were already packing up their stuff yeah. Sunday uh, at noon, and I have heard a couple of voices from other people who were well just there for Sunday uh, that they were a little bit disappointed that it wasn't like a real full yeah, day. Yeah, but it was the same last year. It was the exact same thing. Yeah. Like people started packing up early and people were disappointed that it that they did. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe they should like officially kind of shorten the event a bit or you know have Fridays full day. Like I'd be happy if it were a full week. I mean I <laughs> I'm happy about any any you know more time I get to spend at the events, but uh, you know it, it just wears people down. And, and even the, the two and a half days at Murph was is, is probably enough on uh, people already. I'm actually really happy that I still have a voice. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> it it might be a little bit deeper than usually, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's still there. And I've been talking like constantly to people just. You, yeah. you couldn't walk walk for like five or ten meters, and not another well, uh, one from the community came. And, hey, hey, you're a celebrity, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it was the first time that I was that I have been on one of these events, and you just get in there, and so many people just just recognize you, and this was something I I, I really enjoyed and I don't know if that's weird or I don't know but it, it just it just shows that well it makes my time worthwhile I, I put oh, yeah. into everything because I spent well I spent for the last two years all of my weekends all of my holiday all of my well nights after work in just yeah creating content for YouTube and it has been wearing me down over the last couple of months really seriously so coming to such an event just interacting with so many people just hearing so many people that they enjoy what you're doing that's just like so great that's yeah. really so great I really had euphoria when I when I was leaving the building because I was feeling so happy yeah it feels great that you know, again, we, we have a 3D printing in general has such a great community. Mm -hmm. um, but for us, we, we work in front of a screen. We we put ourselves in front of a camera alone, typically. Uh, and the feedback we get is like, hey, this video gets a thousand likes. It's like, yeah, that's nice. But it's just a number on on another screen, right? Yeah. It's it, it's not it's nothing tangible. Yeah. And you know, 
seeing that you are making a difference, seeing that, you know, a bunch of people approached me and you too, like, hey, uh, thanks for putting this out there, you really helped me along, you really helped me get started. Um, that's worth more than, you know, a thousand likes on anything. Yeah. Well, and even for me, it was was nice to finally meet the people I, well, also have been already interacting online with Joel. Right. And I haven't met you, like, until three yeah. days ago in person. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we met up for the, for the trip for the first time in person yeah. ever. Yeah. So it's, it's just nice being there, nice talking to the people you just, well, interacted already before on the internet. Um, networking, uh, it's great, it's, it's yeah. really great and this is I think also something which um, all of the other attendees really enjoyed that this is a show where you are not only going there to uh, see what other people are doing but you can interact with people from the community yeah. and also well the YouTubers and influencers, the famous people. The, it's like the I key, key, uh, what are you, uh, key opinion leaders. Key yeah, like opinion the KOL. Leaders. Yeah, KOLs. It's like uh, it's just well, why elevate yourself, right? It's no, every, you, everyone you was the same there, and I, I yeah. did not really have any weird interactions there because. Everybody, we, we set out rules for that and worked perfectly. We, we're still, we're still perfectly healthy. I'm feeling great, well, except for the lack of sleep. But <laughs> I had, I had a headache this morning, but that, okay. that's all right again. But uh, well, you blame that on the weather. Yeah, just blame that on the weather. No, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay. I was really exhausted Saturday and Sunday morning, and yeah. I did not know what was happening to me. But I guess that was just sleep deprivation and just. A little bit of stress, even though I enjoyed it, it, it was positive stress. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel fine, I really enjoyed it, I, I, it was great. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much for convincing me that it's worthwhile joining the event. And I'm happy, I, I'm really looking forward for next year. I'm really, really looking forward so you, next you, year. So you're gonna I book will, your, your tickets already? Well, we don't already. We don't yet know when it's gonna be. Yeah, just book, book like a month, right? <laughs> you can you can take a, a road trip around the area. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> this this will definitely be an event and an experience for myself. I will be telling to many of my friends for for such a long time because as i said i was i was feeling so happy when i when i was there it, it was just great it, oh, i enjoyed it so much yeah uh, are you gonna publish a video on the uh, on the event or um well vlog? i walked around with my camera and i have been filming a couple of projects definitely not all of the projects that were interesting for myself but yeah I had limited time I yeah just just filmed a little bit and I'm thinking about just uh, posting a small video about some of the things uh, I have seen there which I really found impressing uh, maybe with some thoughts from my side right. how I enjoyed it just to maybe motivate even more people of joining the event next year and uh, <laughs> they hopefully uh, they hopefully gonna 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 make it work and and get a bigger, uh, bigger venue a, a bigger right. venue like building there it would be nice if they figure that out first yeah. I'm just a little bit um, I don't know how big it can get and still have the same spirit right right but then again like uh, events like 3D, Sweden 3d meetup and the UK 3d meetup are popping up and they're, they're very much in the same spirit yeah. um, and they're like super small. Like Sweden 3D printing meetup is, oh God, the roads here. Road works. <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah, at least they're, they're renovating the roads. That, that's nice. Um, but yeah, they're, they're small events. That they have the same spirit. And they have, I mean, I've, I've only been to Merv once last year and then this year. Um, but I guess that's also like the way that Merv felt the first few times it happened, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, what, what, what else do we see? All right, we, we know it's a great event. We know it's it, it, it's going to be larger this or in this coming year. There's there's no way around that. Yeah. Um, what else do we see? Uh, belt printers, really belt nice. Print, yeah. Really nice open source white knight belt printer. There were actually well, there were two white knight printers there. Yeah. Was there another belt 
printer? Um, Bill Steele had his uh, printer belt, I believe he yeah. has one. I believe it's a printer yeah. belt, yeah. yeah it was yeah, really was interesting to see like the continuous uh, printing of... Um, they, they printed something like maker coins there. Yeah. And you can just turn the machine on and it will pr constantly produce uh, uh, new parts there. Exactly. Which you is a really nice concept. Don't need to clear off the bed. Yeah. Um, those are nice. Yeah, the, the, they were really nice open source machines. Um, Non-commercial yet. Um, yeah. Might, might be a kid. Something okay. what I really found very interesting, so at my normal professional work, we, uh, war, we work with Ultimakers. And the thing with the Ultimakers, with the new ones, uh, which I really like, is the uh, exchangeable print cores. Because that just makes... Um, changing nozzles so easy you just pop out an old one that's you <laughs> blowing my face wondering about that you can just up. turn it Let's off open up a few more of these um, yeah print cores print cores are really nice because you can just right. take out one nozzle and get a new nozzle that well, helps it, you when you're ch changing the tools hot ends, technically yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but such a system well there aren't really a lot of other machines who also use like uh, exchangeable print cores and there was one like startup company there to that where there which had been really nice uh, who had been really nice um, they showed off uh, one of their enclosed printers that also uses um, exchangeable print cores and the print course is right. like the uh, the hot end so the whole hot end and then the um, like the uh, cold side, the how do you say heating? The heatsink, yeah. yeah. Uh, which, which you can just plop out and uh, get a new one in. There are like pogo pins in the back, right. uh, which are used for the connection of the uh, electricity to the um, well to the to the heating element and yeah, to the thermistor fan, um, like fan maybe. Yeah. It's yeah. not it's not as sophisticated as with the print course of the Ultimaker, so you don't have this ID system, so the printer does not exactly right. know which print course is in there. But supposedly these guys told me that there is some kind of a patent on that. Not from Ultimaker, um, from another company, I don't well, know. Well in that case it would be interesting to see how Ultimaker actually get around that patent. Yeah. So I don't know what that patent uh, actually says, but uh, yeah, they said that this is a kind of an issue. But still, um, I would really like to have something like that on one of my machines because um, it sometimes would be just so handy if you just say, okay, I want to print a big part and I don't really want to, well, heat up the hot end, uh, get you, out the you, nozzle. You just don't have enough printers. <laughs> you just need to have more printers. Well, so I have right I have plenty of printers, but I I have some printers I just prefer to work with. Let's put it this right, way, right? Because I know I know the settings and everything, so it would be so nice to have this system on uh, maybe like a Steel Ten or a Prusa or I don't know. It, it would yeah. be great, and yeah, I hope that maybe. Well, they will be re releasing their machine open source. Um, maybe there are similar things already available. <laughs> available. The roads are great here. The roads are great. They're great again now. Um, I don't know if something like, like like that is already available, but if it's not available, uh, please do it for me. I would yeah. like it so much. Yeah, with, with, a, with a system like that, it, of course, you profit even more if it's not just one single machine with one set of yeah. print cores or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that that's kind of what we're seeing with the BCN's, uh, BCN Sigma system, where it's, they have their hotends, uh, which are you know now made by E3D and are um, you know somewhat easily replaceable with two screws and a connector. It's, it's still a bit of a pain. But they have like their own hardened ecosystem, so you can only use their hardens, and you can only use their hardens on their printers. So there's not really much of a selection happening there. There's not really much of an, uh, what do you call it, like an upgrade market out there. Um, yeah. If it's, for example, compatible to E3D V6 stuff, like you're gonna get everything. You're gonna get the nozzles, the heat brakes, the heat sinks, like from everyone in all different sorts of, uh, yeah, materials, configurations, all that. And for example, with the mosquito hardened, I, I finally get a chance to, to talk to the guys in, in person, unless you actually miss them. Uh, they're doing very much the same thing. So they have 
um, I mean, the, their hardened is, is mechanically pretty impressive, um, but they're still, like size-wise, it still fits into, um, you know, what, what a V6 would be or what a Creality hardened would be. Um, the nozzles are the same M6 um, geometry as the V6 uh, nozzles. So they have a new product, but it's it's not really a new, like, separate niche. It's like it, it, it just is a natural extension of what's already out there. So, and the same with, with like, print cores. Um, I don't think it makes sense, or, you know, that the replaceable hardens. <laughs> I don't think it makes sense to just have that for one machine. It really needs to be something that is a standard, that is, like, well standardized. Mm-hmm. Um, and that other companies can also pick up because it's it's a great system, right? Mm. Um, especially when it comes to different nozzle sizes. Yeah, I was swapping a nozzle on on a V6 or or with the threads. It's like ah, it's not that hard, but plopping a hot and in and out is just faster and easier. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. what's also really something really nice to see. Uh, what else? 3D printed speakers. 3D printed speakers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was I was so happy to see two two booths, three booths. Yeah, two, two booths. Yeah, two that were actually showing off 3D printed speakers. I talked to um, I forgot his name and his company, but uh, you're gonna see it in the video. Um, I've already talked to, to a guy last year who was showing off some really nicely made uh, speakers, and they're gonna go into like the high end market. Um, he was here again this year, and apparently his design is much closer to a product that's actually going to go out there and they sounded really nice and I talked to him like hey you know how well did I do with my speaker kit and I was like ah, you know it's, it's educational it's right. and it, no, it's, it's educational <laughs> no here's the thing like it, it does yeah. what, what it's intended yeah, to do exactly. right it's not yeah. it's not intended to yeah. be like the best speaker yeah. ever like I mean, I'm using you know, yeah. like one dollar yeah. drivers like yeah. those those sound okay ish but what's actually the intention behind their 3D uh, printed right. speakers? Does right. it add additional value or is it just like you can create shapes that weren't possible or so weren't the, easy to make before? So the speakers he's showing off is a, uh, a closed enclosure. Uh, I, I'm, I'm lacking the, the proper English speaker, the cabinet, the proper uh, terms for all this stuff. So. Uh, it's closed cabinet. It has separate uh, cavity for the tweeters, so it's it's like not a you know it's not a ported or a passive membrane or you know particularly intricately designed um, case. But it looks really cool. Um, the baffle geometry on the front is is you know apparently pretty fine tuned, um, and it just lets him do different looks for the speakers. Right? It's, it's, not everything has to be just the plain box. Um, and I mean, he uses a lot of material. He uses protopasta carbon, I think, for, for the most part. Um, and it's really rigid and it sounds good. And for him, it's just a means to produce these things, right? He has his cat design, can print them off, and there you go. Uh, that's the larger ones. Those are going to go on sale. And then he has also like a smaller one. It's like, you know, big mango size, I guess, or two mangoes. Um, and he wants to provide it like as a kit to experiment with, put different uh, drivers in, and you know play with all those things. Um, so yeah, a bit of a bit of both. Though, admittedly, you know, speaker design might be even more nerdy than uh, you know talking about three D printers and uh, <laughs> you know nerding about about nerding out about those. Yeah, there was there was one more speaker guy who actually didn't get to talk to. Time ran out. Um, he had like a vertical speaker, yeah. and then the um, the cone on top that, that spreads the sound. Um, don't know what he was about, but those looked really nice too. Yeah. Yeah. What what also really impressed me quite a bit that there were really a lot of well young kids there who were yeah. Um, yeah. well using or having 3D printing as their hobby. Uh, you actually talked to one of the young guys who um, created he created 3D printer out of like CD drives and stuff yeah, right, like that. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, again, another one of those those folks that I missed last year. I think it's, the event is just too short, man. I'm telling you, we need another day. I need another day. I need, yeah, whatever. Um, so he had, he had three machines one that was like a printer bot what's what's the one that has like the z-axis rod sticking up um school when flashing let me slow down here um printer bot printer bot one of the, the earlier printer bots uh he designed one of that one of them from scratch that was nice 
he also designed a what he said it was 40 or 50 bucks that he spent on it out of dvd dvd drives where he's yeah. using the laser me mechanism uh, that's yeah. actually moving the laser head back and forth for x y and z um so that that's pretty pretty nice to see and he's using all standard electronics apparently mm -hmm. it's it's the same four pin stepper motors yeah um Thing. like he's probably he's probably got the cheapest and the smallest build volume printer at the event and i would agree with him there and he could print like you know one and a half or two by two inches maybe <laughs> five centimeters um that was nice he also had a printer um that is super long yeah the, it is i think a modified trunk c yes. tron xy x1 or is, is, isn't it? Is it Trunks or is it Trong XY? Trong XY one, something like that. I call it Trongsy X one. I think most people pronounce it Trongsy. Yeah, but then we, we get into that entire yeah. pronunciation thing. But um, so yeah. the Trongsy usually has a build volume of 150 by 150 by 150 millimeters, right. and he just extended the axis. Especially the x-axis, I think. Is it x or it depends on which way you look yeah. at the printer, right? Um, but he had a fifty-centimeter bed on there. Yeah, and it's just riding on long linear rails. The table itself is kind of uh, bracing it, so that's really nice. He just has like a, a, a glass sheet in there. It's not heated. Uh, it looks pretty wild. Two aluminum profiles on the edges, and then just a, a three-millimeter glass sheet in between. And he was printing. He was printing long stuff on it. Yeah. Uh, let me see, where are we going? 94 West. Uh, we need to merge on the interstate. Yeah, yeah. after the merge. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a... Uh, sprints look actually really good. I mean that they were warping a bit. Uh, maybe we should, we should get him some, uh, some magic or 3D glue or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's a really simple idea, really simple way to print large parts, right? Yeah. Um, what else? I need to merge. Yeah, we, no, need, to merge. <laughs> we need you need to merge. I need to talk. Um, it's man, it, it really is hard recalling all the things that I that I saw there because it, it, it all be it just became a blur. Yeah, um, as with every event, I, I keep notes on my phone and I just, I, you know, I, first I walk through and talk to people and I make notes, okay, this this I need to film, this I need to film, and this I need to film. Then all Sunday was just like, you know, let's talk to that guy, that guy, that guy. It's crazy. Um, so if you guys ever have the chance to also come to Goshen, Indiana, oh yeah, you, you do get it. Do it. Main reason, you get to shake our hands. <laughs> but no, you don't. You know, you get a fist bump. Or a elbow. Or well, the, the, the elbow thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that actually worked out really well this year. People seem to be accepting it. Yeah. yeah. So Some were a bit confused that we're going for the handshake. I was like, yeah. ah, fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good, good stuff. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, CMC CNC brought out their part daddy again. I thought that machine was like permanently gone, but. How's it called? Part daddy? Or it's called the part daddy, yeah. Part daddy. Yeah, so the part daddy is a huge, huge, yeah. huge print volume um, delta printer. Yeah, it barely fits into the, the hall that the event was in. Um, so it's almost touching the roof. Uh, it was printing. I, again, I thought per last year they had like permanently stored away, but nope. Um, big printers. Yeah, there was, there was this other uh, delta printer who, I, again, I didn't get enough time to talk with him. Um, who has a mechanism to clamp the bed onto the belts and then move the bed itself and then clamp it back onto the frame so you could change like the height of the bed inside the printer. Yeah. It's like a two meter tall contraption. The mechanism was really nice. I actually yeah. um, took a couple of videos how the mechanism works and if I ever, well, am able to finish uh, my like walk around video of the event uh, you guys might be able to see it uh, yeah this this was just nice like taking regular printers and putting some stuff in there which well just makes it work in kind of a different way and adjusting it to their own needs so yeah. I think he said that he just uses it to reduce the print volume and it's like easier to access if the print bed is on 
the height where he's usually standing and right. yeah. <laughs> um, Paul Poxdellas was there and showing off his uh, like five print head printer that he built out of a modified like uh, how does it say liquid well he's a he's a um, a biochemist and he got his hands on one of the machines that is used to like with pipettes yeah. draw liquids out Droppers. of vials yeah. and put them somewhere else and he modified that machine um, yeah to and he's using it to print out um, not polymers like um, the molecules molecules in different colors and things so he has five wow. individual print heads which are in like an, a revolver assembly so he right. turns the whole print head that um, yeah just one of the extruders is active at a time and it's really interesting and it's a really really interesting system that he uses there nice where, that was where, also where, really interesting where was he at um, he was just at the end of the building um, first one where the a net was okay was. all the way to the yeah, right all okay. the way to the right right depending on where you're looking from <laughs> Yeah, well, you walk in yeah. the front, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so just so many things. And uh, if you guys were there and we didn't uh, talk about your thing just sorry. right now. Sorry. Um, but it, it's just, uh, it, it was so overwhelming. Yeah. I really appreciated everything. So, uh, nice. I have I have so many maker coins and oh, yeah. stickers and things like uh, right now. I really have to put on my wall in my in my office. Uh, I think I just take a big piece of, of, of wood and put everything on there. Yeah, I've, I've got one of those uh, IKEA magnet boards, oh, okay. um, so that when I ever have to move it, I don't have to like rip the stickers off and put them somewhere else. I can just put them on there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's gonna get on there. Maker coins. I, I didn't get to bring any maker coins because I, my logo is not printable. Like it's, it's a yeah, we could print it, but it doesn't look right. Uh, but you, you made maker coins the last minute, right? I made maker coins the last minute. I well didn't give all of them away, unfortunately. Oh. I feel kind of sad. Well, but you I didn't give me one. You can have one. I have plenty all left. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but I always so if I was getting maker coins, I always gave gave a couple of them back, and uh, people seem to like it. Um, so yeah, just next time approach me and ask for one, even though you don't have one on your own. Yeah, it's a, it's not no, it's not a you know exchange thing. No. It's it's nice if you exchange stuff because oh, you're yes. getting something from them and you're giving something back, but it's it's not mandatory. Yeah, so we are now finally at the at the Lake Michigan. So it's just like yeah, I guess one and a half. No, just one hour left until we are in Chicago. Right. Um, what are we going to do now? So we still have a couple of hours left until our flight departs. Um, since the weather is like kind of nice outside it is way better than last year yeah it is much. still pretty cold outside but at least the sun is shining yeah. 45 fahrenheit so we gonna head into the center of the city and maybe we have like an hour or one and a half hours left to just grab some lunch and take a look at the shiny nod i don't know how it's called it has a name yeah. it has a name uh the the, the thing <laughs> The thing which was, was it actually uh, put there for a world exhibition? I, I, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Um, so that I am able to see at least a bit of the city and yeah, well, we're people, here. Yeah, people are not, not really asking me. Uh, you've been in the US, what have you actually seen? Yeah, I have been in pretty nice Goshen, Indiana, but <laughs> not, I haven't yeah. seen any of, of, of uh, Chicago so far. So yeah. And then it's, yeah, 12, oh no, it should be only 11 hours back in that direction. It's all right, yeah, we have, uh, we have tailwinds apparently. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to the flight, but 
Hey, the things you, you do to get here yeah. uh, and in the end, it yeah. is very much worth it. Yeah, For it's sure. an overnight flight, so I hope that I can yeah, the grab a couple of hours here. of sleep. I, <laughs> I actually bought some sleep helping pills, which yeah. might help out there. Yeah, you're gonna knock yourself out. I'm uh, gonna knock myself out. Well, just having like two, three, four hours of sleep is better than uh, like being totally, well, yeah. totally tired when I when we arrive in Munich because yeah, I jet, still need to ride back ways, for right? two hours to where I'm All living. Right. All right. Yeah, it was a nice trip. I I enjoyed it so much. I definitely wanna come back next yeah. year. Do you think that I had to even convince you to go? Like, um, well, uh, if, 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 it would, if it wouldn't have been for you, I would not have gone there on my own because... You're, you're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. No, well, thanks I'm, for coming, I'm, thanks I'm for kind coming of a shy person and this yeah, is the reason. We all are. We all are, but the cool thing is that everyone is shy and weird. And we are yeah. weird and shy and it's, it's totally fine. Um, no, I, I, would ha I would not have gone there on my own if it would not have been for you. So yeah, thanks for that. Next year, I uh, even though if you might kick me out after you have seen the footage that I have taken with your camera, I might come back. <laughs> no, man, but, but thanks for coming along. It's, it's been fun. I mean, doing these drives alone is just... Uh, yeah. It's more entertaining. Yeah. It's really Absolutely. more entertaining. All right, and I think that pretty much wraps it up for this one. I'm hoping the audio is, is okay. I'm probably going to edit this one on the plane and, and try to fix whatever, you know, road noise we have in here. Um, let us know what, what your favorite part from Murph was, if you saw videos on it or if you've actually been there. Um, let us know below and if we're back next year, we're going to keep our eyes out for those things. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening, watching, shaking, well, fist bumping us at, at Murph. Um, yeah. See you next year there. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys are going to be around then for the next podcast episode in two weeks. We'll see. Two we'll weeks see. probably. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. One dollar drink. I'm ready. Are you? I'm ready. How much is that? Half a gallon of Dr. Pepper? Half a kilo of sugar? God. <laughs> I'm as ready as I'll ever be.